Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're brought to you by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Liberty Mutual customizes your coverage so you only pay for what you need. And, yes, we promise we'll get back to Tiger Woods. But, guys, the Lakers knocked out of the postseason last night. Of the play-in, play-off, blah, blah, blah. Regular season's over. It's the postseason, right? No more regular. 82 games are done. Key, Jay, you're now playing in the postseason, only the Lakers aren't, even though two-thirds of the league are. That's, like, how could that even be? Don't ask me. I wish I had an answer to it because this team, man, worst team in the history of Laker, Los Angeles Laker basketball that I can remember. So I've been watching Laker basketball probably 40 years that I can understand basketball, like really understand. knew what you were looking at. knew what I was looking at. Worst, most disappointing. And I know you can point to the Steve Nash, Dwight Howard years. Oh, we're going to win a championship, blah, 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 blah. Or you can point to the the Carl Malone, Gary Payton years. They made it to the final. This team was constructed to win a championship. They went out and got Westbrook and brought Dwight back. You know, they went out and, and, and decided to uh, go and get Rondo, who's not there anymore, but they wanted to put this team together. They went out and got Trevor Ariza. They went and got old, so to speak, to win a championship when they had a chance to get Buddy Hill, DeMar DeRozan, and they made some executive decisions that that wasn't the way they wanted to go. Damn, I forgot Trevor Ariza was even on the team. <laughs> and I study it for a living. Him and Kendrick Nunn, I'm like, wait, they went they're out, on the team? What, what they call it, banana boat? <laughs> banana boat. They wouldn't got the banana boat guy in, in Carmelo Anthony, which, I mean, Carmelo's fine, but it's not going to win you. The way he's playing is not going to put you in championship and yet, level. And yet, you know what the Lakers are able to do? They get a guy like Westbrook like that. Snap your fingers. There's Westbrook. There's AD. There's LeBron. They've always been able to attract stars to L.A. Oh, everybody wants to play for the Lakers. I grew up a Knicks fan in New York, and I always told, oh, we need to be like the Lakers. Why do the Lakers? The Knicks need to be like the Lakers. This is embarrassing. Look at the Lakers. They Shaq's available. Lakers get it. Lakers, Lakers, Lakers. So it got me to thinking. Lakers mm-hmm. want to get rid of Westbrook and that contract, right? Keep in mind, it's an expiring deal. This is um, what I said yesterday, no. Key. Yeah, I want to hear it. No, I don't want to hear it. I want to hear it. Go, no. Max. And if AD can ever get right in terms of at least getting back to 60-plus games a year, Westbrook, whatever he does this year, his contract is off the books the following year, and I have a superstar in the market. Ludicrous. You're the Knicks. You have what you have. And someone, even if you say no, you can't pretend you don't have to seriously consider okay, that Max. offer. So the idea is you take Westbrook's contract, Knicks, and in exchange, we're also going to give you AD. Now, we get to take what we want from you. Draft picks, we're going to choose some players, we're going to take the package that we want. So R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, if you want them, you know, whoever you have, some draft picks, whatever, we're going to take all that to replace, really, we're just replacing AD in L.A. because we're getting rid of Westbrook and we're freeing up cap space. Jay, you look, you look depressed about that because I'm a Nets fan but I feel like as much as I talk about the Knicks that I'm finding myself rooting for the Knicks to get it together and why would you want to put your team 
through, a, through the misery of having somebody that played 39 games this year, 36 games last year, one of every three games he's had a DMP. Why would you want to jeopardize your franchise and all the assets you have for Anthony Davis to build a foundation on? All because the assets you know you what huh? you know what Nick fans and, and people like Max who tries to uh, pose as a Laker fan, they like names, stars. That's not it. It's not, but the fact that he is willing to try and trade, take a $47 million expiring contract, essentially for Anthony Davis. It, it, that's Let me tell you, no, he's, he's, not yeah. wrong. It, he's not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah, so you're no, trying to I'm get not. that money off the books and have money to go get other No, no, people. but I, I want to tweet. Time, unlike the Lakers, Max said it. He says, hey, how come every time somebody's available and they're shocked and we can get them? Because people want to play for the Lakers and they want to play in L.A. And when you want somebody to come to New York, number one, poorly run organization for a while in New York. Got a little bit last two years. It's gotten better with, with Leon Rose and them in charge. A little bit. Fan base here is very, very two athletes. Not nice when it's going south. They're not nice in L.A., but it has to go really south for you to get kicked out of Los Angeles. A little bit south here. Just a little bit. I'm with you. Kim nice. Walker was here for like a day. It's like, get rid of this dude. That's part of the problem. Nice. You're going after the wrong brand name. This summer, you go out and you get Donovan Mitchell. Yep, better idea. Donovan Mitchell is from Greenwich, Connecticut, born and raised, loves New York. Killer. Look at all the stuff happening in Utah. Him and Rudy Gobert have never been on the same page since all this stuff happened two years ago with the pandemic and the mic being touched and all that stuff. Like, they haven't been right together. It feels like Quinn Snyder potentially might go become the next head coach of the Lakers. You utilize your assets to go get Donovan Mitchell. Jay, I'm not, not arguing against that. Not a guy injury prone wait, wait, I'm not arguing. for most of his career. If you can get Donovan Mitchell, I think that's a better idea. Let me, let me, let me, I want to talk, touch I mean, on what Keith said. Imagine if AD fell on the floor and just chipped the net. Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Okay, wait. Now, now, now I want to tweet. I want to get to what Key said. You're right, Key. The problem with the Knicks is too often they make a deal like that. Stupid deal for a name is not going to be any good. Here's the difference in this situation. And I'm not saying I'd do it if I was the Knicks. I'd have to think about it, though. Westbrook comes off the books one year. So if it doesn't work out, if he's, if he's terrible, he's gone. You free up $47 million. And in exchange, you get AD. Now, Jay, you're right. It's high risk. He's injury prone. However, he has played many seasons of over 60 games in, in, a, in a season, and he's been excellent. Like, he's played at near MVP level. So You mean before he, get, before he got to the Lakers, in the one year the Lakers, that was in the bubble? It was, and he was awesome, and, and they won the success, finals. How successful was he in New Orleans about getting to the playoffs? He, how many times did he get to the playoffs in New Orleans? I'm not arguing that. And by the way, but they you, didn't but advance, you're, but and they had pretty good that teams. you want to build your franchise around a no, guy. No, you don't have to build it around him. But now, what you have in AD, you have a clean roster, no cap issues, and one star player who may be able to attract an even better player. Ooh, the Knicks, they got nothing on their cap. They got AD. They got a few draft picks. I can go mess with them. But do you think a star player, given the fact that AD is going to be there an average of 45 games, let's call the number. That's the have, risk. I don't have the calculator in front of me, but let's call it an average of 45 games. You think a star player want to play with that? Nope, that's the risk. If AD remains and, this injury prone, you, you lose. By the way, and you've just extended 
Tom Thibodeau, you think AD is going to fit into the way Thibodeau likes to play? Well, I wouldn't have extended Tom Thibodeau. Well, I mean, well, regardless of whether you would have not, I mean, he is extended. Yeah. So, like, I don't see AD. If AD is having a hard time fitting into Frank Vogel style to play, in which they're firing Frank Vogel, you're telling me you want AD to play for Tom Thibodeau? Not necessarily. No way. It doesn't not, make any sense. Not necessarily, no. So you want to fire <laughs> Thibodeau? Run, yeah, run him in the ground. Huh, I'm just trying to tell yeah. you. It, I would get rid of Thibodeau, yes. It doesn't. First off, the Lakers are the most disappointing team in sports history. How about that? Yeah, I, I know think you're right. I know he said in Lakers history, I would challenge anybody to tell me what team had more hype that fizzled Give me a candidate, out. Jay. Give me a candidate. I, I, I don't even know a candidate. I don't know a candidate that we talked about had a chance to get to the NBA Finals or the Super Bowl that didn't make the playoffs. They didn't make the playoffs, man. Like, that's how bad. We're Trying talking about make. the turmoil that they've had as a team, ownership perspective, the drama around Russell Westbrook, that reality show happening every single day. He's lost his jump shot. You tell me what other team has turned into a train wreck like the Lakers have this year. I don't know of anyone in the history of Nothing sports. Nothing jumps to no, mind, guys. No, not even the, the worst Laker teams because even the, the one, two, three Cancuns, as we like to call them, the Nick Van Axel, Eddie George's teams, they, they were Eddie Jones. Expectations they, were different. Expectations and were they were fun to watch. Different. You know, and you said sports history. I, it's not even, I mean, it's not a history, so to speak, but I just was thinking about my college team in football. We were ranked number one going into the preseason. Like, we were supposed to be the team that everybody coming back, the whole deal. And we were really good. And we went to Notre Dame and got smashed by, like, Ron Paulus and – Mark Edwards, a fullback. You know, it's just like, it's like that. that. That like, oh my God, can't believe that we just let but, but everybody was, down. But it wasn't an extended playoff series. It's like you know, if we're talking about the CFP, and we're saying, hey, we're extending it to eight teams. That's essentially. Yeah. Like, so if you yeah. guys would have lost and they, they would have extended that to eight teams, they couldn't make and you it guys didn't make it to that. Yeah. That's my thing. Like we've it's even worse than that, Jay. Teams. They they extended to two thirds of the league. That's what I'm saying. So they're trying everything in their in their realm to get the Lakers in the tournament, and they still missed it. And by the way, LeBron James has been playing at an MVP level. He talks about Eddie Jones and Nick Van Exel. Those teams win like 48 games. Yeah, They, they were pretty good teams. They weren't great, but they were pretty good. This team, like there were a lot of analysts who thought this is not going to work. Where's the shooting? The spacing is bad, da 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 But they weren't saying they're going to miss the play-in. Yeah, I was about to say, not work means not missing the play-in? Jeez. Woo. Jeff so Van sad. Gundy. I mean... When this man was coach of the New York Knicks, Knicks, could, Knicks played with pride. Things were right. That's right. Coach, uh, what, what? What? I mean, this Lakers team was not ideally constructed, but missing the play in? Well, when you, when you think about their health issues of uh, James and Davis, uh, the ill fit of Westbrook, and – they're all NBA players, so they're all very accomplished. But relative to the other teams, the rest of the group put together is either too old or too young or just plain not good enough. So I, I think you couple all those things together and, you know, they had a bad, bad year. But some of it, it, it most of it was – it's just a bad roster to win in the NBA. Mm. Yeah, Coach, you know, you've been around basketball forever. You got, you know, you know all this stuff. Where does this Lakers season rank in franchise history? Well, I think probably relative, like I, I think I came in the NBA in 1990, so 
um, relative to expectations to having a guy who may go down as uh, having the best career in the NBA, um, having a guy, another guy who should be in his prime in the top 75, he was named to the top 75 players of all time. Uh, and then you have another, you have two other guys that are going to go in the hall of fame probably in Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony and, and Dwight Howard. That's three more into the hall of fame. Um, it, it's got to go down as probably, you know, the most disappointing relative <laughs> to expectations since I've been in the NBA for sure. Is there even a comparison in sports, Coach? Like, I can't even think of a team. Like, the, the, the Nash-Dwight team, Kobe Wildeman to the playoffs, at least. The Malone-Payton team got to the finals, right? Then they added them to the Lakers. I'm trying to think of any sport coach we've been trying all morning that came in with like, – it's realistic to think that they could make a run with those three guys. Yeah, they pick up some 3 and D guys at the trade deadline maybe, right? That, that, that two-thirds of the league is playing in the postseason, they're not one of them? Is there any comparison in sports history that comes to mind? No, I think there was a, um, a football team, and I forget who it was, who signed a ton of free agents one year. Washington. NFL. And they didn't get it done. But the NFL is so much harder because so few get into the playoffs. So, yeah. um, now, listen, this it's been a debacle from day one. And – you know, and quietly uh, through sources, what are they doing? They're trying to take out their coach right now. Like, oh, he's going to be re- relieved of his duties. Oh, sources say he won't be back. Are you kidding me? This is Frank Vogels. Is he now the like in charge of both health and the roster? Come on, man. It's 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 the ultimate blame game. We see it every year in sports, particularly in the NBA. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's really sad that people won't just say in their own jobs, like, I didn't, have, I didn't do my job well this year. Instead, they're blaming, you know, a coach. Come on. Jeff, so, Jeff, with that being said, because I'm with you on that. I was talking to Magic Johnson about that when he came on our show the other day, about we all have seen this movie before. If you're another coach out there, and you're looking at this opportunity when they make the call after they do fire Frank Vogel, which is absolute BS. What makes you want to coach for the Lakers if you know that you could be the easiest scapegoat and that if Rob Palenka or LeBron James isn't taking accountability? Well, I mean, you're, it depends on where you are in, in, in your career and in your life. You know, somebody's going to take their money. Uh, next year, they'll probably, you know, hopefully they'll have better health. Um, maybe put together a little bit better roster. Um, but but there's some teams in the West who are absolutely punting on the season this year that should be better next year too. So, um, you know, Portland, like if you can even – if you know where their five starters from last night went to college, I'll pay up um, uh, because they've totally punted on the season, right? I mean, they're in the – they're in the biggest tank I've ever seen. So they're going to be better next year, though, with, with Lillard back. And I'm sure they'll try a little bit harder next year to, to win games. So the idea that it would be easy for the Lakers just to hop back in there, I mean, obviously if James is healthy, that's one thing. If Davis is healthy. But Davis and James, 
you know, they're, they're at this point in their career where this is becoming a little bit more, you know, these health issues are creeping up every year. So um, there's not an easy path back for the Lakers, but someone will take the job, uh, you know, because, you know, it's just like, it's not just the Lakers that, like you said, it's the movie that uh, replays itself. This is the whole league. This, everybody fake, tries to fake out their fan base. Um, we say it's a player's league, and then when we don't get the results we like, um, we say the players weren't uh, – they weren't used well enough. I mean, management does that, and uh, they convince owners that this is the, the move, and it rarely works like that. But like you said, it, the movie is going to keep playing because that's the NBA. The coach, Jeff Van Gundy, ESPN NBA analyst, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max – Speaking of Max, Coach, Max suggested that AD and Westbrook in a package deal, now mind you, in New York City, in a package deal, get moved to the Knicks. What do you think about that? Uh, <laughs> why? Well, I mean, why? for who? I mean, this is, this is a deal, like, Coach. Like, but this is the deal. It's a, it's he a said question. Everybody. Here, here's yeah. the deal. Um, if Who says no was my question, right? The, the Lakers call the Knicks and they say, we, like, it's an expiring deal, the Westbrook contract, after all. You, take, you get AD, you got to take the Westbrook contract off our hands, and we get to just put together the package from your roster. Nothing's off limits. We take who we want, you know. Um, who says no to that? Um, well, <laughs> I, I, I would suspect the Knicks would. I mean, yeah. I, okay. I mean again, it, this is not – this is about fit. Like you, you have Jewel. I don't know who you're going to take. So like, I, I wouldn't want RJ Barrett gone in that deal. Um, Ideally not, uh, but coach, they, they, like they're not a playoff team in the East after getting bounced in the first round. And that was a huge success by their standards. The they East don't have a better conference. They don't have a match. franchise player. I like RJ Barrett and maybe he t- keeps developing. He's still very young and he's getting better. Maybe he can be a kind of an all, a perennial all-star player, but that's a maybe in exchange. AD is an injury risk, but when, he, when healthy, he's very, very good. The Knicks don't have anyone like that. Uh, that that's, a, that's a good point. I, I hate the, the words when healthy though. Because that's a huge part of being a good player in the NBA. And in New Orleans, when he was their best player, I think they won one playoff series, if I'm not mistaken. You're in line. So it's not like a guarantee for more playoff success. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand what you're saying. And they could hey, – listen, it, it's not – they could get rid of some bad contracts, you know, because that's a lot of salary. So um, – you know, the Knicks didn't have a great, you know, uh, offseason with who they signed uh, either. So um, it's not as crazy now that I'm thinking about it as as I first thought. But I still, if I was the Knicks, it would be the Knicksian thing type thing to do, but I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. do it. Yeah, I think the Knicks probably do say no. But it's, to me, an interesting question when you start to to drill down and think about it a little bit. Jeff Van Gundy, the great Jeff Van Gundy, on with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. Uh, The NBA is on ESPN Radio, by the way. Tune in tonight as the Knicks host the Nets, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7 Eastern p.m., of course, on most ESPN radio stations. And Jeff Van Gundy, who's as great on the broadcast as he was as a coach, 
will be on the TV call on ESPN2 as he and Mike Breen and Mark Jackson have a special broadcast. We'll get into it in a second. Coach, the Nets are now in the seventh seed heading into tonight, but they got KD and Kyrie. How dangerous can they be in the playoffs? Well, I know this. Who's ever second right now is in a panic because (laughs) uh, whoever draws them in the first round, they may well win because those teams are all really, really good. But I think everybody watched last year uh, what Durant was able to do um, sort of by himself in the playoffs. And, you know, like – he is that good. Now he had a bad night tonight. He'll probably, you know, get a ton tonight in New York, but yeah, whoever gets them, if they can survive the play in, which, you know, getting to that seven, eight game and having two cracks at it is, is really important. But I, I think if they do are able to get the two cracks, they'll, they'll advance and whoever gets them in the first round is in danger because, you know, Durant is that good. And he can absolutely carry a team. Even though I don't think they're a championship-level team, they could win any series. Jeff, uh, all three of us are going to be at the game tonight witnessing the Knicks and the Nets. But I'm curious, uh, so we won't get, be able to see the broadcast, but I, I'm dying for it because tonight's a special broadcast. Can you give us some insight to why tonight is different than other nights? Yeah, so the game is going to be broadcast, like I think normally on ESPN, but we're going to be on – Mike and Mark and I are going to be on um, ESPN2. And it's going to be like that uh, uh, Manning cast vibe in that uh, it's celebrating the 75th anniversary of the NBA. And we're going to be uh, basically interviewing people throughout the course of the game. Uh, You know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Marv Albert, Dick Stockton, we're going all the way back. We're going to be wearing yellow blazers from uh, uh, the 60s, I think, uh, from ABC. So uh, I don't know if mine will fit since I've been eating M&Ms constantly the last few days. So, But anyway, it's going to be like absolutely uh, – it's going to be great. I mean, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in 1968, guys, he palmed my head at the L.A. Sports Arena going down – in the my first Final Four I ever was in, or ever went to, my dad and mom took me, and and you could get right up close to the players as they went down the escalator to the locker rooms, and he palmed my head, and that's what I want to talk to him about. Does he remember <laughs> palming my head when I was six years old? And I would say the answer is probably no. I'm gonna guess no. I'm gonna guess no on that. Yeah, one. Jeff. But Van I mean, Gundy, I'm in awe of how great he is. Like this guy. People talk about best players ever. I hate it when they st- they don't even like bring up Wilt Chamberlain or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as a it was the best college player there's ever been. There's not even a question. The second best is Bill Walton. That's not even a question. And then, you know, all Jabbar did was dominate, you know, the 70s and 80s. I mean, people act like, you know, oh, if it's either Michael or LeBron and they He's don't even right mention there. his name. Crazy. No, we on this show, Kareem gets his respect. Almost never lost in college. Six championships as a pro. Come on. Kareem is right there. Jeff Van Gundy, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, coach, as always. 
All right, guys. Take care. Have right, a good guys. show. Right, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is brought to you by Mako with Mako and their magic. Your car is no longer tragic. If life throws you uh-ohs, just say better get Mako and go to Mako.com to get an online estimate. Today, is Tiger Woods an elite athlete? I'll tell you why the answer is simply no. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. It's demon time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com morning and use code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com morning code morning for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. Dining in dollars, doing business and bought, wherever life takes you, the Wise account helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast. Wise is the easy way to connect all of your finances internationally. Buying that dream property in Portugal? Done. Freelancing in France? No problem. Sending money back to mom? Simple. All without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Minimum fees, maximum ease, full speed. Join 16 million customers and learn how the Wise account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio Series, XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers were presented by Progressive Insurance. It is funny, when Michael Collins said he's not going to let someone wearing makeup tell them about athletes, it is funny, like, this is a great business. There's a waste paper basket five feet from me. We Crumpled up paper, but, but this is like, I'm absurdly close to it now. Missed a shot, a little long. Missed a shot, a little long. All right, let me shorten it up. Missed a shot, short. Three in a row. Turn to the microphone. And let me tell you something else about Tiger Woods not being an athlete. <laughs> I bet my money if Tiger was sitting in that seat, he'd drain every right time, in there. every single time. every time. But nevertheless, See, but, but this is I'm the not dip- backing down from it. But real quick though, Max, and here's next level. As you guys hear me bunch up the paper. See, it's one thing to shoot it when the lights are off. Can you shoot it when the lights are on? Let's see. Here you go. Catch oh. it. That was a pass to <laughs> well, you. I thought oh, you were going to shoot it at the I'm thing. I'm passing it to you to shoot to see. Okay, shoot. Good. No, I'm done. Well, there you go. Now, let, now get back to Tiger Woods. How dare he? Listen. Here's the thing about Tiger, guys. I'm not arguing that he's not one of the two greatest golfers who ever lived. And by the way, I think eventually he's going to pass Nicholas. I think that's a big deal. And I think as soon as he gets one more major, and I think he got another one in him, two more to go, golf. This whole started, this whole conversation started because I think golf is a, is a, is a, is a game where you can age better than in some other games, right? Because it's more hand-eye dependent, less obvious like athletic ability dependent that's how this whole argument started yeah you can still play at a high level at 50 right does he need to pass nicholas to be considered the greatest golfer ever i think so yeah really Um, yeah that dude's the greatest golfer of all time really nicholas also has not just more major wins but many more first and second and third place finishes in other tournaments as well like many more I, i don't know but i think for me to be the greatest 
I think Tiger would be the greatest ever for me um, because there's a lot that goes with that. There's a lot that goes with that. Off man. the field of play type Off thing. Off the yep. field of play. The fact that he was, you know, some stuff derailed him in certain tournaments. You know, it's off the field, off the course stuff, the accident. So, you know, you start packaging all that up because you always say to yourself, what if none of that ever happened? Not to mention, not to mention. I'm talking about the first action in his personal life. What if that never happened? But it did, though. I understand. But But what if it didn't and he just kept going because he was playing at a crazy level level. until that happened? Herniated discs. Then all of a sudden, when that happened and the nine iron broke the window, it was a whole other situation. But you can also make the argument a lot of that was self-inflicted. No, I get, right? I get so all that. So that's where. No, I get all well, that. Well, what I, I was the best argument for Tiger on the field to play for me is Dan brought it up earlier. I've been saying this on the for course. years. On the course. On the course. I mean, on the field of play. Yeah, I know, but we like, say on right. the, it's on the field. I, I, I get it, but field of play. I'm, I'm, I'm saying like field of play means the basketball court, a golf course, a football field, <laughs> okay, a fair, boxing ring, fair. right? Okay. okay. Uh, so on the field of play, the thing that goes for him is – he influenced a generation of parents of athletic children to put golf clubs in their hands. So for him to even win the Masters in 19, right, after coming herniated this, that's a tough thing. But to do it against a better grade of athlete playing golf than ever before, he gets extra credit for stuff like that. You could make the argument Tiger's the greatest golfer of all time. I don't hold myself out as a golf expert, obviously. I would say that... At least five dudes on every NBA roster are better athletes than Tiger, pretty obviously, right? And I would say at least 10 on every football team. And that already we're into the hundreds. So, like, when you say elite, what's the, what's the level? So I've talked to J.R. Smith about this. Have you known a story about J.R. Smith playing right now for his college golf team? Yeah. He, he talks about being the most difficult sport he's ever played to master. Well, I'm sure it's difficult to master. Megan, or Megan, sorry, in New Jersey. What's up, Megan? Good morning. How are you guys? We're good, Megan. I just want to say uh, my daughter and I love your show. We watch you every morning. Um, But, uh, Max, I wanted to touch base on when you said women are not athletes, but they give birth to children. I didn't say that exactly, Megan. I never said that exactly. Megan. What I said was doing a difficult thing does not make you an athlete. Childbirth is difficult. You're not automatically an athlete. Get her, Megan. So, so, so my, my, my counter argument to this is that as a woman who was trained for marathons, half marathons and triathlons, I have also, I trained for nine months before having, you know, my daughter, they have programs out there that are postnatal, prenatal, you know, diaphragmatic breathing. I mean, it really was a program that I followed basically off. You know, so I did train to have my daughter. And for someone who was in labor for 36 hours. <laughs> Tell him, Megan. Tell him. You yeah. know, it was. I don't, uh, but what is the argument? I'm not was, arguing. Like, a man will never have to do something to that difficult. This. Why would you even argue? But I'm just, I'm just wondering just what say, the argument d- is. No, 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 no. This is I'm like. this is like how- it's, it's an athletic training event. You know, oh, just like oh. I would train for a half marathon. <laughs> yeah. I trained I for it. having my daughter. I do get that. You know? Yes, because I do get it. Yeah, it's yeah. a full commitment, man. Yeah. I get what you're saying now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You actually had to prepare as though you were going to run a marathon. And still, it was probably the hardest thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, a shovel's not good enough for you. You need a crane right now to, <laughs> with a dig. Once again, just keep once like, again, Copernicus, you think the earth is just, going around the sun? Keep just, digging. Just let me ask you a question. Yes. When Megan calls in from New Jersey yes. and she starts going into a breakdown about the training that goes along with 
birth. Yes. Why do you retort? Well, because <laughs> like, that's I a thought, common sense. Like, like it's like my wife saying, like, you know what? Because I thought you got it, Megan. Because I'll tell you, since you're asking the question, I thought her point was that because it's difficult. Anything difficult is athletic, especially that. But that's my very point, or that it wasn't difficult. My point is it's extremely difficult. Difficulty and athletic and athleticism are two different things. That's my point. I just think it's your big you don't like losing arguments. Well, I find it very difficult to lose you an argument. Sometimes I try just so I can get along with the humans of Earth. John Deere giving you one of those things to dig the dirt, the man. The humans of Earth. I'm actually going to give Tiger some credit for something, guys. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So, guys, here's what we were thinking about the other day, just from, just from talking about the stuff we've been watching recently. What are the movies that, like I was talking about, I never saw Top Gun. And we're like, you never saw Top Gun? No, I never saw Top Gun. Me either. Pass by. Right. I, I, and if it's by the on, way, I might stop and look at Max and go, eh. But don't you want to go back and watch? No. no. I don't. <laughs> don't. No, I don't. No, I don't, have no, don't I want to no. go back and see Top Gun? No. no. Why would I? I love Top Gun. I'm not oh, watching. Iceman. No. Come on, Hollywood. Did you call it Top Gum? Top Gun. Oh, okay. Gun. Top Gum. Maybe I need some gum with <laughs> the, the coffee I've had this morning. Top, what's, I don't know. I just, it just, like, what, you, do you have a movie like that, though, Jay, that you just never saw and everyone's like, what? No. I'm a movie crazy person. So you've I seen, like, movies. Star Wars and The Godfather yes. and stuff like that. seen it. Godfather, it. yes. I'm Godfather. from Jersey. Godfather. Have I seen Godfather. The Godfather? yes. Godfathers, yeah. I love Jersey. Star Wars. It's great. Yeah. Because it's part of, but right. I'm not really a Star Wars guy. Who was the guy? Who was who the guy? For go- many years, I used to call him Dark Vader. <laughs> well, he was dark. Yeah. No, but it's dark. It's Darth. I yeah. learned that when I was at ESPN 17. I kept saying dark. They're like, what? I said dark Vader. Yeah, that's, like, a, no, that's a common Well, that's you know what Darth Vader happens, is supposed yeah. to sound like? Dark Vader is father. So, like, dark father. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just figured he was dark. He was dark, like, as in black. That's what I thought. Black father. No, I just really. And Luke, the whole movie, just trying to turn him into white father. That's, 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 no, I, no. I knew there was a bigger point here that we need to ask. Y'all need to stop. That's not what I'm saying. I just didn't know because I'm not yeah. a Star Wars guy. But you're aware of it in the culture and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I got aware of it very fast. Did you see it as a kid? I don't think so. It must have come on TV at some point. Because, I'm not, you... because that's not real. As I've said to you many times. I think I've said to you before. I don't, sci-fi stuff is yeah, real. It's happening. No. Do you no. remember like on Back to the Future where they had the TV screen and the call came through the TV screen back in the early 90s? Like, so oh, that's what we're doing so, That's now. what we, yeah, we're doing it on our oh, phones. phones. Oh, yeah. I yes. remember that well. Like, and for, first of all, you bring up a good point. I know we're, supposed to, we're talking about movies, but we got our video phones. Where's the flying cars? This Next. is BS. Yeah. We were yeah. promised flying cars. I'm I want my flying car. No, you're going to have, in, the, in a few years, you're going to have a convertible flying car. Oh. We got the autonomous You're going to have to take a mortgage out to get it. Yeah, it's going to be really it. expensive. I just don't trust the autonomous cars yet. I, got, I can't just like, oh, back it up for me. Parallel park it. I don't. Me neither. They, no. On my Tesla, you know, they give you the yeah. whole deal. First thing I told my wife, no. Do mm-hmm. not I got order it. that. I got it, and I use it sometimes, too. But it's not, it's not like you still got to keep your – the thing tells you, keep your hand on the wheel. I'm like, if Why? I got to keep my hand on the wheel, what I got in cruise autopilot control? Yeah. No, see, I – Cruise yeah. control? What is that? I want I – forget about autonomous cars. Forget about the internet. I want a flying car, damn it. 
Forget about the internet. I don't care about anything else but a flying car. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn J. Willemax, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can get a business insurance quote online in as little as six months. Visit progressivecommercial.com. So, like, I, I didn't want to have this conversation about Tiger, an elite athlete today, because I don't want to be that dude when the guy made a morat. He, he's alive. You already are. He's alive. He's got his leg. He's walking. He's playing golf. You talking about me? He's oh. playing in the Masters, or he's going to try to make the cut. What? So I, I think that's all awesome. It's a great human interest story, and I'm rooting for him. So I didn't want to have play the bad guy today. Nevertheless, Jay painted me into that corner. I didn't do it. No, you no, I, I'm not backing okay. down from it, Jay. I'm fine. The point is this. He also, I, I want to give him some credit for something, and Dan Orlovsky hit on it, and I mentioned it earlier. He influenced, and Key, you talked about, yeah. and Jay, when you say greatest, when you factor everything in, the impact he's had on golf and on different communities that felt alienated from golf is enormous. And the fact that he's now playing on a, on a, on a jacked-up leg from a car accident, herniated discs approaching 50 Playing the most athletic generation to ever play golf is amazing. Yeah, I just want to say, so yesterday, I'm doing all these affiliate calls, and in between, I started watching King Richard. And there was a point in the movie, it's obviously Will Smith is in this movie as Serena and Venus's father, and he showcases how him and his five daughters, how he pushed them all, but especially for Be these very two. careful how you talk about Will Smith uh, in yes, this whole situation. Yes, I am. Very, very sensitive okay. subject. <laughs> Stop doing the slap thing, Key. Anyway, he, he has a designed plan for his kids and he has this conversation with venus where he says i just want you to accept that you are going to be the face for every black person out there that will have a chance to be great at playing tennis moving forward Mm. and i want you to understand at 14 years old Mm. what kind of weight that's going to be on your shoulders to carry that Mm. 14 years old when she was trying to become pro so i think about that and then i think about tiger and we start telling these stories like that's a factor that we don't really talk about as much because we're always talking about his greatness. The amount of weight that he had to carry for a community key on every aspect, whether you want to get into whether he's accepted by the black community or not, and all the different decisions. But it always feels like in the barbershops, we're having those kind of conversations. And that's a different type of weight to carry for this man. Well, you, you mentioned Venus, but actually it was both of them that Richard talked about uh, them being the face of not only – black community but tennis as a whole that they were mm-hmm. going to dominate and take over and be world champions when, when you talk about tiger woods and you talk about what he did for the the sport there's no question about it he did a lot for the sport i would argue with people that uh he did a whole lot there's no question but serena and venus has done more for tennis 
Tiger Woods, when he came onto the scene as a little bitty kid, and then obviously he grew and masters and everything else, more accepted, more accepted in golf, right? More accepted. I mean, the type of type the, the he was more accepted in golf than, the, than, than Serena and uh, Venus were. It's not even in, close. It's, right. it's yeah. not right. even Agreed. close. Agreed. It, yep. More accepted yep. in the golf culture as a black man because it's golf. They looked at Tiger Stanford, Tiger Woods, educated. We accept that. Understand what you're saying about pressure, but not the same type of pressure as Venus and Serena. Two black women, poor Black family from Compton, from Compton, California. Now, for those that don't know what Compton, California is, other than the NWA movie or whatever the case is, Compton, for for people, especially in New York City, imagine the Bronx, the worst part of the Bronx, the worst part of Harlem, the worst part of Brooklyn, Staten Island, package all that up, sprinkle a little New Jersey in there, worst part of Jersey, that's Compton. Mm. And for them to be able to go from where they were as kids to where they are today with their father teaching them tennis after reading a book. A book. Just a a little bitty book. I'm watching that this weekend. A a little bitty book with probably 100 pages taught them how to play golf based on that. Not only that, taught them how to speak several different foreign languages. Like, it's crazy. And so... Having been around them, it was kind of like I was, you know, I was at all just being around the Jay, you know, and also being around Tiger Woods. Makes I was me at feel all. lazy as a but parent. It was, a, it was different though being around Tiger than it was them because Tiger grew up in a more affluent neighborhood in Orange County, kind of, well, you know, it was a different Stanford. So it was he, just different. So he, like I got that coming out of high school. People were like, oh, I'm like, oh. You know, who, who are people that you should model? It's like, oh, Tiger Woods. You know, like, I didn't mean to do the fist bump. naturally happened. You see, Jay. And my dad, though, my dad, <laughs> one of ten from Fort Lauderdale, but like, why Tiger Woods? It was just always interesting. That was the only reference point. Like, oh, you got to articulate, like, it, the assimilation to a degree into the white community about how it was accepted. But culturally, what Venus and Serena did, coming out with braids, coming out with culture, like this is what we, this is what it is to be black. It's hard to, it's hard to gain acceptance outside of the community that you're from if it's a marginalized community and not lose your, your soul in a way, your identity, like who you are, right? Like, and, and, and you guys have done that key. You are around different kinds of people oh now than oh, when you were, when you were a kid, but you're still you. Oh yeah. That is very Jason. That is very difficult. It's a rare quality to be able to relate to different kinds of people without losing yourself. Oh, yeah. No, growing up in South Los Angeles, I grew up around the worst of the worst. But I was never going to lose myself and who I am and my identity because I made it out of South Los Angeles and did well for myself and graduated from USC and did all those things. And I got friends from all walks of life. You know, I talk about the billionaires have never had, you know, black friends and don't even know what the ghetto looks like. I know everything looks like. Mm-hmm. Hell, I know the big houses, the little houses. Hell, I take my kids to this day. I take them back to South Central L.A. just so that they could understand, hey, man, look at this liquor store on this corner. Well, there's one across the street over there. Oh, there's a chicken stand over there. Oh, there's some people sleeping on the curb so that they could see it. It ain't all Disneyland out where y'all live at now in the world. And, and I think when you 
look at a guy like Tiger Woods in in the black community, he is one of us. We accept him because he is black. But when you have certain reservations about that because he's done things in the past that made a lot of black people feel like he was trying to separate himself from us, he gets that backlash. Unlike the Williams sisters. Unlike, Unlike the, the Williams, Williams sisters. I- Unlike the Williams sisters. I know we have to go to break soon, but I, I so want to go deeper into that. That's such a, like, a real thing. Like, my kids are mixed. Like, but when they say, hey, daddy, like, we kind of look more like mommy. I'm like, no, 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 no. You are black. Like, you are. And people are going to label you that way. And that's, that's a great thing. But, like, the confusion almost to a degree about if you don't grow up in a culture where people are helping explain that to you. Oh, kid, yeah. It can yeah. be it can be lost on you. It's yeah. the the separate like the fact that race is identifiable by sight is one yes. level, right? But then there's another level of where do you come from? from? What have your experiences been? Right? That's a whole other level of what we're talking about. And and, and Venus we and Serena we experience to race too now. V- Venus and Serena like both come from an experience and are identifiable that way and have never lost themselves, it seems, and have had enormous burden they've carried the whole time in certain respects that is different from Tiger Woods' experience in, in the respects that you guys have just pointed out. Let's talk more about this. Coming up, Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will and Max, the podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antscape presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.